Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number 511. Hostful intro, sort oh, of no. 511, my favorite kind of Levi's skinny jean. Yeah, oh good, nice tie-in. Love a good skinny jean. Well, I know, I know you enjoy fashion. I do, I'm big fashion, wearing some Target clothes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You mean a target for... Target for ridicule. Well, what sounds like that's what's going to happen right now. Like, this yeah, episode but... brought to you by Target. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'd like to. Uh, wait, do you have any shows coming up that you want to promote? Bro, I don't think so. Besides the Wednesday night uh, meltdown comedy meltdown show, yeah, just every Wednesday meltdown comics still doing. Who was it. who was here Wednesday night? Well, I, uh, this past Wednesday was a great show. Great show. Ali Wong, who is uh, one of my yep. favorite at midnight contestants. Yep. Uh, Kyle Kinane. Yep. Uh, Sarah Silverman. Uh, who else was on? Uh, Hassan Minaj was on, and he actually has like this really cool documentary on PBS coming out about comedy. We should actually have him on talking about it. Okay, it's, it's really cool. He went around the world talking to people about comedy. Great. Yeah, yeah. Like talk to Bill Bill Cosby. Talk to people like who, like you know, huge comics in other countries that don't speak. You know, just about almost a, a lot of the stuff that we talked about with Eddie Izzard. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah. That'll be that'll be coming up pretty soon. The exactly. Eddie Izzard episode, which yeah, yeah. was super super fun. But yeah, great but, episode. Great time. Great. Time. It was a good time. Um, uh, we're doing at Midnight Live May sixteenth and seventeenth uh, in Nashville as part of the Wild West Comedy Festival. Uh, also, I'm going to be doing stand up at uh, Wise Guys in West Valley City, Utah, near Salt Lake City. Uh, May 29th, 30th, and 31st, and then uh, Portland in June at Helium, and then some other dates coming up. Oh, and then at Meltdown here, we do beta test every couple weeks, where three comics do 20 minutes of brand new material. It's a free show, Um, so if you go to Nerdist.com slash calendar, you can get info on that. Oh, I got, I got, uh, um, I'm doing, we're doing a Meltdown uh, at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival in Portland. Nice. uh, Which is the weekend of May 10th, Um, and uh, we're also doing a... a live Jonah radio on that Saturday Great. of the festival uh, in Portland. We're gonna have Lance Bangs. We're gonna have, uh, one of the people on the show is gonna be the guy from uh, the Thermals, the guy who uh, sang for the Thermals, and then um, a, guest, a guest band that we're working on right now. Fantastic! Um, we're gonna be relaunching the Nerdist website soon, so some of the URLs might change. Uh, but we're relaunching that May seventh. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, uh, Make it all snazzy. Well, we never had a mobile version of the site. It was oh. just a crappy plugin. Yeah. Um, so we designed sort of a mobile version first, 
and then sort of ported that over to desktop instead of the reverse. Oh, fun. So it'll be, uh, it's, it's, I think it's pretty nice looking. I'm pretty freaking excited about it. What it's, fun. It's a good, it's a good thing for us. Um, so uh, I would like to thank for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast. Our pal John Oliver, last week tonight with John Oliver, is on HBO. Uh, it premieres Sunday, April 27th at 11 p.m. 10 Central. It's on HBO. Um, it's basically just John kind of taking a look back at the week uh, and filtering it through the amazing John Oliver yeah. lens. 24 hours a day. No, he's not. It's not. The show's not on for 24 hours oh, just a day. Every night. The latest... No, it's on Sunday, starting oh, okay. April 27th. Okay. On HBO. So what if like, something happens Sunday night? Well, it could be on the following Sunday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. Sounds pretty cool. Did it? Well, <laughs> I, I love John. 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 John was. We should have him back on the podcast. It's been a while. I think it was the li- the live one in Austin. It was the live one in Austin. Yeah, from uh, yeah when we went down there for uh, for South, South by. South, yeah. Damn. Uh, so very excited to see John's show last week tonight with John Oliver Sunday April twenty seventh only on HBO. This episode of the podcast is Reese Dobby, who um, I didn't know. I I love. I mean, I obviously I'm. I loved Reese on Flight of the Concords. Yes. I Reese. Uh, has always been great on At Midnight, but I didn't know what to expect because I've never really talked to him outside of that character of sort of Reese Darby. Yeah, and so I was like, I don't know what's gonna, and it w- he was great. Yeah, we, act, you know, and, and I guess maybe I'm just a dick for. I listen, I was underestimating, and I'm like, I wonder what he's gonna talk about. Mm. Well, but he's a human being, and he's a smart guy, and he has a lot of really fascinating things, and he fucking climbed a mountain, and yeah, and plus uh, I checked out his show that you Short told Poppies. Me about, Short Poppies, yeah. which is on Netflix. Netflix right now. Yeah, you told me about it. I went home and watched a couple episodes. It is great. Yeah, but basically the, uh, I guess maybe it was funded by the New Zealand, the government of New Zealand, who funded this project. Of Jeez. basically uh, him going around. At, well, he plays a lot of different characters in these small New Zealand, you know, around around New Zealand. Yeah. And this presenter kind of goes through, and it Reese is, is the character. So. Yeah, d- different character for each episode. For each episode, yeah. yeah. So Short Poppies is on Netflix. Here's Nerdist Podcast number 511 with Reese Darby. Present. No, not present. Yeah, present. We're not good at this accent. Beep. Beep. Jemaine. Jemaine. Now entering Nerdist.com. No, I don't. I'm not a good. I'm not a good cold person. I don't know why. I've lived all over this country. Mm-hmm. Cold climates. You say you're more of a hot man? I'm a hot man. Okay. I'm a hot... I appreciate (laughs) hot things. No, we got that. Nope, it doesn't work that that way. I'm a hot man, says Chris. (laughs) We got it. That's how I talk all the time. Uh, How how do you enjoy America? Uh, I enjoy it very much so. How do I do it? Well, I just... <laughs> What's your process I for enjoying in, America? I take it in with my mm-hmm. eyes. Okay. And, and then I, what? And, I, and then I sort of... I, I learn. You mm-hmm. know, there's a lot to learn here. Is there sound processing going on too, or is it just visual? Yes, there's certainly sound. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, visuals come in first. Yeah. And then I sort of I experience things, touch, feel. Mm-hmm. How do the smells compare here? Not good. No, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> That's not a big... I wouldn't think so. Especially yeah. not Los Angeles. Yeah, you could you could get away with just disregarding the smell thing. <laughs> have you have you been to uh, have you kind of been into deep America, or have you just sort of been in the coastal regions? 
mainly mainly on the on the sides. Mm-hmm. I've sort of I've you know I've been to uh, went to Bonnaroo. Oh, nice! Yeah, so that's, mm-hmm. that's down there. Um, Portland, yep, good town, um, which I really love. And yeah, so Chicago. I mean, I've been to a few places. Tennessee, but not for long. You no, know what I mean? Yeah. Not long enough to really experience it. Yeah, Tennessee is a good example, but but when you kind of when you kind of get to a small town where there are not a million different things competing for one another, you kind of get a consistent like, oh, this area kind of smells like this, and it's nice, and there's a consistent yeah. point of view here. Portland is sort of sort of has that mm-hmm. where you go, okay, I see. There was there's 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 this kind of unifying thing that defines like this is Portland. Los Angeles is just a mishmash of people trying to get famous as quickly as possible. Yeah, it's it's not a good um, <laughs> it's not a good thing. <laughs> everyone comes here, and then and then you you know the longer you spend here, you go, hey, let's let's branch out and see what this country's really about. And that I think that's sort of that'll happen to me eventually. It is pretty remarkable. I mean, the the the, ma- the landmass that is the contiguous United States is pretty in- incredible how big it is and it, and it is fun yeah. to if you ever get a chance you should drive across it because it's just it, it's it just you get the spectrum of every different type of thing all in one i i so want to go to new zealand though and i've never i've never had the time to go well you know when next time you get a long weekend <laughs> you pop down for a day <laughs> you've got to do it well you guys were doing that right i feel i feel like I feel like Brett and Jermaine would just pop back to new zealand for like a couple days mm-hmm. and then and then come back really it felt like it felt like they were going back and forth all the time. Well, yeah, we 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 do. Um and for us the, you know, it's like an 11 and a half hours flight. Mm-hmm. But it just it doesn't seem you, you get used to it. Yeah. You, you tell people that and they go, "Oh, that is just crazy. I I couldn't do it. I will not do that in my lifetime." You know, I said, well, what are you? It's 11 hours it goes so quickly. Sure. Because we we fly at night. That's always the thing, you know. You get on the plane and then you you literally you have your dinner um you know, you you start watching a, a film and then you you fall asleep and you know, and then you wake up um, in New Zealand. I mean, that's that's the ultimate. But of course, that's 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 first class travel. I mean, sure. <laughs> the reality is, if you're uh, if you're in coach, yeah, it's it's an uncomfortable eleven hours. I mean, you you can you obviously take something to make sure you knock yourself out for a few hours here and there. But sure. Yeah, it's just if you look at it in the significance of your life, it's only a tiny period, and then you're there, and then you can, you forget about it. It's like pregnancy, you know. You yeah, it's just about like it. that. It's just like that. Just you, you get pregnant eleven yeah. hours later, you have yeah. a baby, yeah, and uh, it comes right out. I, I, I uh, it's funny that I, I could spend eleven hours in a day just doing nothing yeah. or playing a video game and just wasting eleven hours. Status updates, chicken things. Exactly. But if someone said, "Oh, you could spend that time and then you could be in another culture," I'd be like, "Ooh, eleven hours? I don't know." Ooh, yeah. I what? Could, I could really be um, interneting a lot. Mm. I guess that's time. the thing. Once I mean, they're at that point now where if you can in- internet a lot during that time up there, then then you're not changing anything. No one's doing uh, transcontinental internet service yet, though. No, not yet. Not yet. And I. Yeah, I, I don't want that to happen because I think, for me, air travel is about uh, it's nothing time. No one can get hold of you. You're out. But how do you know what's trending on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even understand what you're saying right now. So you're, am I supposed to just make up my own? I'll have to notebook paper just <laughs> yeah. write like hashtag bitches be all like hashtag yeah. movie puns hashtag whatever the crazy trending topics are. Think of it as as going back to the olden days. What? <laughs> on, know, a, on a yeah, technologically yeah. advanced uh, super transport. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always think about, um, 
how well I, I, I think most of us would probably not fare well uh, even 50 years ago. I think people would go crazy even 50, even 50 years ago. I don't know how, how, how I think some people would acclimate. But other people, I think they would just stand in the middle of the street and go, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. What's happening? Do you like, uh, or, or do you unplug for periods of time? Yeah, I do. I do. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big checker. You know, I mean, emails, I mean, I, they come through and I'll do a session where I'll just go through and, you know, delete them all. Um, but yeah, I'm quite happy to detach myself from, you know, electronic scenarios for a while because I like just, like, just does my head in. You know, you can get so involved in it. What is the, uh, what's the preferential term for a New Zealander? Is it Kiwi or, mm-hmm. uh, okay. Yeah. Is everyone in your culture pretty laid back? Because the, the Kiwi that I know are all pretty like, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Everything's fine. I think that tends to be our thing. We're, we're very laid back. We, I guess our country is you know it's 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 nice it's relaxing great beaches you're never more than 20 minutes away from a beach mm-hmm. and uh the food's great um lots of trees i think <laughs> not much work going on <laughs> I, I think a lot of it is that kind of yeah we just hang out and uh you know barbecue and you know you've got to make sure that the cows are milked that's you know you get up early sure. for that sort of thing yeah um Business-wise, you know, modern technology, the, the IT situations, people with, you know, modern uh, – not that farming's not a modern job, but it has been around forever. Sure. Uh, people that work in buildings and stuff, not stuck in traffic all day, I guess. Another thing, they, so they, they just sort of get up and, you know, take the lift or elevator, as you call it. And, uh, Whoa, wait, what? Whoa, you haven't – you don't know? <laughs> This is America, sir. Please stick to American references. I offered it up, but they are called lifts. God damn it. And it's an easier word. Although, elevator. Rolls right off the tongue. Yeah, elevator. Elevator. Mm. They, and it never, what about the fact that they go down as well? That's, that's always confused me, because even lift. with lift. A reverse lift. Elevation, elevator. Reverse elevate. Maybe back in the day, they only went up. That's it. That was the problem. Yeah. The elevator itself has been around for a very long time. They, it just wasn't until the last century they figured out how to go down. Yeah. So a lot of people would just go to the top of a structure and die. That's it. They're up there. A lot of people are still up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still. In those very old buildings where yep. they haven't yet. Where the Jetsons live. In those, They're up those, there. Just up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just waiting. Did you... Uh, I, there's a sort of famous story that... Uh, well... Famous and I think in comedy nerd circles l- about l- yeah. Let's see if I've heard of it. Well, it's a, it's it's a it's a Concord story. Oh, okay. That just and there's just a good sort, chance <laughs> and just sort of the, the 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 nature of you know what should be really important and what's like how seriously we take the entertainment business and then you realize when people who aren't from here are like, oh yeah, it's fine, but it shouldn't be your whole life. Mm-hmm. When the show got the HBO show got picked up, I heard Brett and Jermaine were at lunch. And their, and their agent called and said, hey, great news, the show got picked up. And I think Jermaine was like, yeah, we're eating. Can, is it right if we call you back? <laughs> They're like, no, your show got picked up. Yeah, yeah, we got it. We just okay. like to finish lunch. Like they yeah. just, there oh, was wow. totally... And the stories about how they would turn down SNL and they just didn't really mm. embrace like all the things where you go, oh my God, yeah. you finally made it, this thing you work for. And they're like, yeah, no, it's fine, but we just don't that, really... That's all true, and I and I think you know. Um, I so ex- I so respect and admire that. Yeah, the fact that they decided to end it as well, 
a lot of people think the show was cancelled. It was not. They they just wanted to bow out after two seasons. I heard HBO begged them to come back, and they said they just didn't yeah. want to do it anymore. No, we, yeah, the, the story's been told, and we've done it. Um, let's, let's move on to the next thing. So it's kind of like, yeah, that is, I think, yeah, very laid-back attitude, very kind of... Um, They've never, they never jumped up you know, on top of a van uh, with a megaphone and, and announced that they wanted to be world famous or anything like that. They just played guitars and made cool music and you know, people turned up to watch them in, in tiny theatres, you know, and then it got bigger and bigger and then it almost got too big for them. Um, so, yeah, they, so therefore, that, that, that is, I don't know if that generation of that type of people exist I'm sure it does, but not certainly not so much here in LA where people are, you know, desperate to to really make it, and, and a lot of them do. But definitely, but but also the idea that um, I think there's there's sort of an assumption. I don't know if this is an American assumption, but I feel like I feel like from my vantage point, it has been sort of a. Um, a, a platitude of American culture, which is bigger is always better. Like as big as you can scale something, mm-hmm. the better. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's very rare that people go, no, at a certain point, this is yeah. probably about the right level for this yeah, thing. Yeah, and yeah. it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be good if it's any bigger. That definitely is an American thing. Bigger is better. I mean, that we all know that. And to a certain degree, you know, that that's right. But I don't, and in art, I don't think it is. I think, I think you, it's about forming something, creating something for the perfect size and then releasing it. Um, for everyone to see, and then and then maybe for it never to be completely perfect, for people to come in and chip away at it themselves, and no one will ever be completely satisfied with something that's artistically created. But it's about um, about getting most people to agree that you know you've nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> what 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 are your goals as a as a performer? I mean, obviously, you know, uh, do you or do you do a lot of live stuff anymore? I do. I, I still write uh, a stand-up show every mm-hmm. couple of years, and I've just finished my, my um, finished writing my my new one, uh, which I'm going to tour with um, next month. Uh, actually, this month in New Zealand, and then the UK in, in July. So, uh, the last one I did was 2012, um, and every time I finish one, and I think, well, that's that's the best show I've ever gonna. I'm never gonna beat that. I'm, ne- I'm never gonna come up with any more material. That's it. <laughs> that was I'm, it. I'm out, you know. <laughs> and I take a year off, and, uh, and during that year, I'm sort of, you know, subtly writing notes, coming up with ideas, and going, oh, maybe that would work. Uh, what are you doing, dear? Oh, just just a few ideas. I thought you'd finished with the, your, all your ideas. No, well, I am, but these are these are these are just some backups, you know, just in case, you know, <laughs> we might want to do another thing at some point. And then the following year, you know, it's it's I've got all the stories and there it is, and and so I I put them all together and I've got a new show, so um yeah I th- I like the level I'm at now I like um doing that maybe every every couple of years uh, I, I used to you know when I was in in the UK we would do we would have to have a show every year we'd take it to Edinburgh you know mm-hmm. and put it on the fringe and it would be um and a lot of comics you know they didn't have. Uh, enough material, or that, or they were, or the show wasn't as strong. Um, so there was a lot of pressure on that because the rest of the year we're all, you know, working most nights of the weeks um, in in clubs. Uh, so now that I'm detached from that scenario, I've got a hell of a lot more time to to write and to to actually go out there and and have the adventures that the stories will come from. Because I'm not a, really a joke writer, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, I'll, I'll 
I'll slip a, a, a couple of zings in there for sure. But uh, <laughs> you know, I've got I've got a small collection of yuck yucks. But uh, really, um, it's about experiences and and um, going out there and doing things and then telling stories about them. I mean, the the, the Fringe Festival. It just I've never done it, and it, it really feels like uh, this is the triathlon of mm. comedy. I mean, it's it almost seems like. That, that experience that, that, that there's really I can't think of any other comedy experience that's like that you know you have to, you're doing you're doing a show every night mm. and you're also I mean probably not for you so much anymore but having to run out on the streets and market it too and try to yeah. get people in because you're in you know you're in quotation marks competition yeah. with a million other shows and how do you get people there and how do you evolve and what's the ultimate you know yeah and it's it is it's it's a beast and you're at, you're you're also trying to get on all the lineup shows all the late shows uh just to make an appearance just to get your face out there and do five minutes here ten minutes there get on other people's shows and i mean it's very exciting especially for for young young comedians it's uh and and edinburgh in particular really is is it's a massive school camp it's it's where everyone from across the globe comes in um and so it's it's a celebration of of comedy and there's other festivals obviously melbourne even there's one in new zealand um there's several here and i think yeah those those are huge opportunities for comics who are, it's a very solo job. You're on the road. You, you don't really get to hang out with each other. You see each other now and again on, on, on bills, you know, lineups, but really during that month in particular for, for Edinburgh, you, you get to hang out with each other for, for, you know, four weeks and just catch each other's shows and then catch up and, and it's a lot of drinking going on. It's, it gets messy, <laughs> you know. But you kind of feel like, haven't we got the greatest job in the world? You know, we just tell jokes and drink. Oh, I think it sounds, I think it sounds <laughs> wonderful. I went one year in the 90s, I went and just watched. Mm. And then I happened to be in Edinburgh last year just for a couple of days. And it's such a gorgeously, I mean, like a, like a vertically layered city. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but it definitely feels like, it, wow, when I... I don't drink anymore, but when I was still drinking, I, I can imagine just waking up and being like, "Am I in a fucking nightmare?" Like, because yeah. there there are corners of Edinburgh that are so where you just go, "Well, that that's haunted for sure." Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, it, it is almost like a nightmarish first person shooter game. It is. It's it's a dark and twisted Charles Dickens novel, <laughs> you know, and and you don't know where you are, and the stairs going up, but they, when, when, as soon as you get down there, you realize you're on top of a hill. Yeah, you, can't, you know, it's twisting and and white, and you can see you just see bodies everywhere. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? Not just not just living bodies, but like, <laughs> oh, this is where they used to bury the yeah. poor people. Oh, yeah, this hill that just looks like a yeah. grass formation is is littered with bodies. The venues that I used to perform in, the the called the caves. Uh, yeah, they, that's <laughs> where like they, that's, that's where they hid the people that had the plague. They were you know, and there was ghosts. I mean, it was, but it all just adds to the. <laughs> to the whole thing, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I think it's great, especially because it, you know, the, um, I've never done Melbourne. I've always wanted to do Melbourne, but I've done Just for Laughs a ton. Mm-hmm. And, and Montreal's a really beautiful city, and it definitely has a lot of history. But I would, you know, but going to a city that actually has, like, a millennia of, of history yeah, yeah, yeah. to do comedy feels like it would be a really, really great experience. But I, I think you can't just go to... I know technically you can go to Edinburgh for a couple of weeks, but I feel like if you're going to do it, you should just do it for the whole month. Yeah, well, if you want to yeah, get your badge, you've got to do, do it the, the, whole, the whole time. Yeah, I mean, um, 
and it, and I'd done it like eight times, and and as I, I most of those times I was you know struggling to get people, and then after the Concords, um, I managed to you know really get big crowds, and I felt like finally you know I've nailed it, uh, and then. And then I got to the point where, hey, I don't even have to do four weeks anymore. I'll just, I'll just do, I'll just do ten days, you know, in and out. And it felt really good. And and it, it was I was I cheating on the whole thing? Well, I don't think so because I'd done my hard yards. You earned it. I earned it. So I got the badge. Yeah, I think uh, if I ever had anything that aired in England that allowed me to sort of you know circumvent mm-hmm. all that other stuff, I don't think I would want to do that. I don't think I would want to circumvent it because I would really want to have. The full experience yeah. and not the not the cushy first class experience of good, because I You're think a good it, man. No, I, I I think it's more, you know, it, it's so easy because you know human beings seek comfort. That's mm-hmm. just what we do because mm-hmm. we like to be comfortable. Like I have a fucking space heater in this room. I can't even deal with the yeah. fact that it's a few degrees colder. But you know that. But then at a certain point, I think you get so far down the comfort path that you've just lost touch with why you do what you do and what it's really about and yeah. what the real experiences are that you're, you know, there's a gap between you and the audience. And, and I think it's important to, I think it's important to still do that stuff. Yeah, you're right. You've got to, you've got to remember that the, the base of our craft is to be the every person and to, you know, be, be these people that are watching you so that they can relate to you, not to be a you know, high and mighty. And I think, yeah, feel the grunge and, and, and feel the pain. And, you know, that's what comedy is. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's close. It's close to torture. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know. just at the edge. Yeah, it's just at the edge of torture, yeah, where it's like you're sort of leaning over. You know, like when those video games, when you're Tomb Raider or whatever, and when you get too far to the edge, and the character leans over, does a little. You can't see this because yeah, but he's waving his flapping waving, his arms, I'm, and then, and then you just pull yourself back. back. Yeah, but I think it's. I think it's. I think maybe even one more step than that, which is if you fall forward, it's like crocodiles wrapped mm-hmm. in razor wire and the other side is like a cloud of orgasms like they're the, these two <laughs> yeah it's yeah. either one yeah. it, you know one arm lands in both you know <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, i'm so mixed yeah, about yeah, how yeah, i'm feeling yeah. right now that's how it should be that's comedy folks <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it is uh, pleasure and pain i think it's especially important to because the my early comedy was so america pop culture centric mm-hmm. that i couldn't really perform anywhere else. I realized, you know, like, oh, I would go to, I went to London and performed a little bit and then in Canada years and years and years ago and I realized like, oh yeah, I, I just, you know, I can't just keep making America pop culture references. I need to, I need to figure out how to talk to other audiences and, yeah. you know, I mean, even beyond culturally, this sort of experiment of, you know, if you translated your set into another language, would it still work? I mean, obviously there are, there are subtle uh, colloquial nuances that may or may not work, yeah. but does the subject matter really speak to to humanity and not just your own culture? Yeah, and I think that's really important for especially for for comics who are who are going to go abroad. And right from the beginning, my stuff's always been universal. Sort of, um, and and some British comics came over to New Zealand and they said, you know, you 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 should go to London. Your stuff would travel. Because <laughs> well, I said, why? Well, you know, you're not doing anything New Zealand specific. I mean, you do. You're talking about mermaids, jetpacks. Uh, <laughs> you know, you do a lot of sound effects that can, you know, and, and the physicality which I, I put in the act as well. And so, it, and it, so I took that advice, and it did travel. You know, and I, I even performed in East Berlin. And uh, they really dug the Tyrannosaurus Rex impression. You know, there's kind of things like that. And, and you know, it's one of the reasons Rowan Atkinson with Mr. Bean have, has just been able to go everywhere. Oh, of course. 
Um, so, so I'm glad that I chose, well, it's not really an option, really. That's just how I do comedy. But it has been, um, it, it's opened far more doors than if I was, you know, doing witty one-liners about, you know, New Zealand politics. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> are they, is the, is the comedy scene in New Zealand fairly robust? Are there a lot of clubs or is it... Mm. Is it like, oh, you know, there's a place in Christchurch or there's a place here in, in Yeah, it's Wellington. pretty much there's a place there. Uh, I think that might still be open. You better check. Uh, it's kind of like that. There's, there's one proper comedy club uh, in Auckland called The Classic, um, home of live comedy. Uh, I think that's its motto. Um, <laughs> just, in case, just, in case, just in case you were confused about what a yeah. stand-up comedy club might yeah. be. Excuse me, is this the home of live comedy? Yeah. Uh, yes, that's right. <laughs> excellent, excellent. I'm just downstairs. Sorry, we're just really a timeshare of comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Two yeah. weeks out of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm looking to purchase it. <laughs> uh, right. How funny are you? Um... And yeah, it's small, but it's certainly got bigger over the years. And so there's, you know, there's there's comedy clubs that have popped up. Well, you know, like really just bars that are doing a night once a month or whatever, sure. and you know that kind of thing. So it's small, but um, since I started, yeah, it's it, there's definitely a scene now. And we even have a TV show where comics can come on, and uh, it's like a panel show. Uh, it's called Seven Days. And uh, so yeah, it's but first when I first started, we do, you couldn't really say that New Zealand really had. Um, a stand-up scene, but now I think we really do, and it's it's cool. I mean, you know, I think it started in America in the eighties, and uh, we've finally got our own scene now in two thousand and fourteen. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, late seventies, late seventies, beginning into early eighties was sort of the beginning right, of this yeah, like fifteen. 14, 15 year comedy bubble mm. where it was, you know, there was a comedy club in every corner and, you know, three comedy shows on television of stand, wow. just stand up. Yeah, wow. And you just see the same, it was a bunch of people, you just see the same people pop up on different things. And it really, we were a very stand up centric culture. And then, and then in like around 92, it just, like, people just were like, nah, we're going to go spend our money doing other stuff. Yeah. And then it just sort of, you know, like it just popped. But I definitely think, I think we're back in it now. I think we're, you know, Maybe it's just because of the show that I do and the circles that I'm in, but I feel like I see so much innovative, wonderful comedy happening right now. Interesting stuff, and you know, comedy's never going to go away. It's, it's it's no, it's part of our how we how we feel. But it's also become so international here too now. So we've got you know so many people from all different countries that are residing here, and they and they get up on the stage and see so you. It's it's there's so much flavor to it. Yeah, I when you did. Uh, there's just having this conversation with you now is a little bit because we've never really sat and talked for any length of time. I mean, you did. Uh, I well, first of all, thank you for doing the things that kill you. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, series yeah. For the Nerdist channel was fucking amazing. Um, but I definitely feel like there's kind of a um, there's a performance character of Reese Darby, mm-hmm. and then there's just you as a guy. Mm-hmm. And do, do you do you see the difference? Do you see the the gap between those two <laughs> things, or do you? Did you evolve that guy? I mean, because he's you, but he's like a yeah. He's a little bit. I don't know how to describe him, but he's he's like a dimension. I think of you like this inflated yes, dimension right. of you. Yeah, and 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 the best thing about that dimension is I can slip into it any time, and I know when I'm in there, and I enjoy it. I enjoy it, and then I slip back, 
uh, just to get some information and find out what's going on, where I'm supposed to be, and then I slip back and do it. You know, and sometimes. <laughs> so it is. I'm multidimensional, uh, which is fascinating, and, and not, a lot of people aren't. But for me, it's my thing, and uh, I guess yeah, I'm some. I, I, you know, slipping into my my bizarre dimension and staying there for too long, I can overheat. Yeah. And and really get confused and but it is for me it's my happy place and yeah I love making people laugh and and the real me uh, you know I'm a dad I've got two kids and I do I do a lot of dad humor um, but really it's um, yeah it's it's a thinking cap and then the other one is you know like a fun little cap with a little propeller on it but that guy but that character can do. Dad jokes and they're amazing. Oh, yeah. As opposed to I don't just know a guy how he just, does it. Just this d- guy, it's the way he talks. <laughs> it's just something about the way he looks, and uh, it's yeah. I can, he can generally do anything and 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 get away with it. And so I sometimes, like I say, I try to be him for a longer period of time. And um, I, I, as I say, I overheat. Yeah, and I, and I have to. I have to sort of you know pull myself together because I really I don't even know where I am or what I'm doing. It just just sounds really wanky. No, I don't think it's that. I mean, I... Yeah, that's him talking, by the way. (laughs) Wait, who am I talking to now? Come back into my dimension. (laughs) What? You sent me here? (laughs) You're overheating. You've had too many of those vegan, vegan dried California peaches. (laughs) You can't even say vegan. (laughs) Well, it's pronounced vegan. Or vegan. Doesn't matter. Depends what school you went to. I like watching the dimensions fight. <laughs> I like because it feels like one of them's like way up on a tail, mm. like up from a, a turret, mm. shouting down at the other one who's trying to get yeah. in. What is the? But and then occasionally they flip flop. Yeah, like one gets in and then gets control of the turret, and then the other one's out. And you're like, I just, I just came out to pee, and now this guy's fucking taking over the tower again. I'm up here, by the way. <laughs> I can see you making fun of me, mocking. It's, it's pronounced vegan, but I prefer to say vegan because it's, it's like vegan, but you're not sure. <laughs> Goodbye! <laughs> well, you can you get away with any pronunciation. It's like, oh, and it, mm. that's probably just the way they say it in yeah. New Zealand, even though that may not be the case. I've noticed that. Yeah, you can is, get away with No one's going to correct you. Yeah. Because you're... If someone's a, if someone's American and they go vegan, you go no 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 it's vegan. But if you're from another culture and you go oh it's vegan oh, and you're like oh oh that's how they say it. That's I like I yeah, prefer yeah. that way. Yeah yeah yeah. That's nicer than our disgusting yeah. tongues. Yeah. Um. How many when you when you start touring are you are you touring? You said you're touring the states or you're going to tour? I'm doing uh, New Zealand and then uh, the UK and then and then I'm coming back here in uh, August so I'll decide what I'm going to do if I'm going to do it I mean doing the doing the states is a huge undertaking and um I'm here I'm living here and it's a, for me it's coming back and and sort of yeah getting my teeth into TV and film that's what I'm in LA for so yeah. um to do the to do a massive big live tour I just but I mean it would be awesome but um, I'd, I'd really have to. That would take out a big chunk of my year, and I, I don't. You know, I've got this new TV show coming out. I just yeah. really want to get to the next. I'm, I really like acting, you know. And so I've been doing stand up for so long, and I I prefer because I've got two kids and 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 a wife that came with them. 
Uh, <laughs> it's a good deal. I, I kind of want to be at home, you know, and, and looking after my boys. So um, working on TV allows you to do that. It's more of a normal job. You can go and come back again. Touring. Turing's a bitch. Well, it is. And it's also, uh, it's physically taxing and it's emotionally taxing. Mm-hmm. And then you forget what time zone you're in yeah. and you lose touch with people. And then you never, I mean, you know, there are guys who can tour like 40 weeks out of the year. And I, and I honestly don't know. I don't know how they do that. I feel like at some point you do have to refill that tank somehow. Mm-hmm. And if, you, if you're just out on the road, you're like, I don't even know what town I'm in. I'm in the same yeah. hotel that I'm always kind of in, and don't do the same show every night, you yeah. know. And um, you know, you you can spark it up a bit and have fun, and you know, uh, jump off the script as much as you like. But at the end of the day, you know, you know, you've still got to hit those punchlines. You've still got to have that ending, and um, you've still got to come out, and meet the meet the crowd, you know, sell your t-shirts, and then um, go home and and um, and, tr- and then spend. You know, two hours calming down. Yeah, you know, and kind of have cups of tea and just staring yeah. at the in the hotel, so jittering, like going, this, yeah, yeah. It's probably not a surprise that a lot of uh, that uh, there's uh, some comics enjoy the drugs. Yeah, and, uh, a lot of the booze. That. You know, just to kind of like yeah. knock that knock the residue off a little bit. Yeah, not me though, guys. No, seriously, no, I'm pretty straight. Not at all. Yeah. How much? Uh, so with with each special that you do every couple of years, do you see? Have you seen like what have you seen as the the evolution of of your uh, of your writing and your? Performance? That's a good good question, and I, I didn't think there would ever be any evolution, but I realized, of course, there is, and uh, it's come through in the way of stories, the way I tell stories, and it started off. I was I was doing very random, very surreal things um there were stories but they were ridiculous you know and i was just sort of you know believing them and the people were going ha, ha, uh, these are uh these are these are funny but of course you know they never happened he never he never met a mermaid uh <laughs> but then um over time and i started actually going out there and, and doing things and i turned those into stories and i've done some adventurous stuff just by way of being a comedian uh a well-known comic and getting getting these opportunities like you know going to Africa and uh, searching for mountain gorillas, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, uh, going to Loch Ness various times. These are things you've done? These are things I've really you, done. You climbed Kilimanjaro? Yeah. How did... Well, Last year. Jesus. Did, was, did that take months of preparation? Or no. You, no. <laughs> you just go up it? No. I, I spent the whole time in, in, in that other dimension. So he, <laughs> he was fantastic. He didn't need any training whatsoever. Uh, I did a lot of I did a lot of running, um, a lot of sort of some altitude work. But really, um, for me, it was just it was uh, in my head. It was just walking, uh, walking up upwards, mm-hmm. and you know I can do that. So I, I didn't even think really about how much the altitude was gonna was gonna um, affect me. And unfortunately, when I got there, I also had 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 the flu. I had a sore throat. And I was already committed to do this, and um, the higher I got up, the worse it was. And I only just made it, to be honest. I mean, there was they were nearly going to take me down. Um, I say they, you know, the the, the mountain gods. <laughs> <laughs> Go down, my son. No, no, I've come all this way. It's for world vision. All oh, right, all right. Well, I can get up there. <laughs> uh, so 
yeah, I, I struggled. That was that was the hardest thing I've ever done. Was climbing that mountain. I would imagine yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine so. Is it? Uh, did you have when you finally got to the? Can you get to the tippy top, or is it just like a near 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 the top? There's a top. There's a, there's a it's a sort of crater at the top. So I got to the got to the summit, and then when you get to the top, there's also you can go round this crater, and there's like there's an extra, there's a little higher bit which you can go an extra hour. And you can go and you can say you've been to the even higher bit, uh, sure. but I, which I didn't do because when I got to the top, I, um, I, I was just an emotional wreck and I was crying. And, 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 and then the guides, uh, they said, look, we, you've got to get this guy down. He's, he's no good. Uh. <laughs> so I went down and uh, so I ran down. <laughs> in about 20 minutes. And you could hear, I was down in 20 minutes and you could hear me running down going, <laughs> Man, is a bullshit. What is it? <laughs> How long does it take to get up? Uh, six days. Jesus. Yeah. And so we camped along the way. We we took the slow route so that we could acclimatize and then um, or acclimate. How do you say it? Uh, acclimatize. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, and then the last the last stint was six hours, and we left at midnight for the last six hour uh, bit, which was straight up. Walking up scree, which is just like stones, like you know, gravel, uh, in zigzag fashion, um, left at midnight so that we got to the top uh, for sunrise. Oh my god! And it was amazing. So we got to the top, and then you could just see a full three hundred and sixty of Africa as the sun was coming up, and you're just thinking, "Wow, okay, this is worth it. This is uh, this is this is the Earth, guys. This is where it all began. <laughs> you know, you're in Africa for a start, and you get already just you just feel uh, it's such a, an amazing place. It's, it's nothing nothing else feels like like when you're in Africa. The sm- smells and the sights, you just it's it kind of like you feel like where where everything began. And then you are at the top of this top of this uh, mountain, looking down. And of course, I was I couldn't see very well because my eyes were so blurry with all the tears. Uh, so I felt like I was underwater, um, but. I sort of blinked it away and had a, had a quick look, and but but really had to go back down pretty quickly because um, yeah, I was I was struggling. I was walking so slow on that six-hour walk that it felt like I felt like I was a, an old man in a rest home in the middle of the night trying to get down the corridor to the bathroom, you know, with a walker, and because I was literally walking this kind of pace. Ugh, ugh. And once again, not very good on the audio systems here, but you could, if you can imagine a very slow man walking. He's hunched over, hunched over and then a, slowly he's holding an, and he's doing a space work of a walker. And then, and then I, had these, I had three sets of gloves on, so cold and still really cold. I had three sets of gloves on, one hand in a pocket so that they would get that extra warmth. The other hand with the stick, we had a stick, you know, and then that, and then uh, I'd do swapsies. So when that one got too cold, I'd, right, you're swapping over, and I'd grab it to the other one, and then this one would be sort of warm because it was in the pocket, and then I'd put that hand in the pocket, and that was my technique, and then I'd walk again at this kind of pace very, very slowly, and then... And you know, I was the last. I was the last of my group because of um, my breathing was just was not good. I was like, it was, I was struggling because of this this chest infection I had. And then when I got down the the bottom, I saw a sign that said, "If you got a sore throat, don't go any higher than three thousand meters." <laughs> Fuck you, sign. Yeah, I'll show you. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Out of respect, I'm going to turn this heater off because <laughs> I feel um, yeah <laughs> very. <laughs> What is it like? Sixty-eight in here? I mean, <laughs> how how does a person even exist? <laughs> I mean, I I feel like that's such a it's just one of those experiences that you could never even relay with words. You would just ha- someone would just have to experience that thing. But then 
how do you know when you've experienced it enough? Like you get up there and go, I, how, how much mm. am I supposed to shove this into my senses yeah, to make yeah, it a yeah. thing? I went all this way. Is this it? I mean, did it teach you anything about, about um, goal acquisition? And, you know, like it's more the journey or is it really about the goal and the summit? Or mm. what, what I, did, learned, what you... I learned that it really, it really is about the journey and, not, and certainly not the goal. And I think, you know, it's, it's the chase, you know, and, it's, it's, and I think that, that is, that is the, um, the answer to life is is chasing and experiencing the chase. And we often forget that because we're so busy chasing, we're trying to find that goal. But of course, once you've got the goal, that, that's the end. You never want to get to the end. And, uh, and if you do want to get to the end, if you do get to the end, which of course we all do in life eventually, folks. Oh, what? <laughs> God damn, spoiler. Uh, you can try and extend it as much as you can, but you've really got to enjoy the journey. And I, I mean, I really enjoyed the journey down. <laughs> <laughs> But it was for me. It was the memories of the awful journey up that will stick with me forever. And so, memory is is the most amazing thing. If, you, if I was to lose that, I was to lose that memory. It's, you know, it was like I would never have done it. So, but that's obvious. Would you have? Uh, were, were you depressed at all afterwards? Like, oh, it's over now. Like, or or was it just I, appreciation? And I can't wait to get back to medicine. Yeah, and- really happy. Really, really, really stoked. <laughs> as, as we say, how long does it take to get back down? Uh, two, yeah, two days. Oh wow, yeah, six days up, two days down. Did you uh, did you have to go to the hospital afterwards, or did they just give you some antibiotics and you were okay? I was, yeah, I was on stuff the whole time, and I was okay. Yeah, I got, uh, I got better. <laughs> <laughs> it almost, it almost seems like now, now, now that I'm getting some context, this, you know. This this character this this sort of stage character of like oh I'm the adventurer mm-hmm. like that actually putting real adventures it, does that does the, does that character drive you to seek out that kind of stuff so that you because it gives that stuff more weight knowing yeah. that that shit's actually real yeah but then you're adding flair on top yeah. of it makes it really interesting I think so I think that's you you've hit the nail on the head there I have to, you have to do stuff to you know. Uh, even to mock uh, experience that you've done it because otherwise there's no reality in it. And I think, you know, the the strongest comedy has a a very strong sense of reality in it. And that's why mockumentaries work so well. And (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, if you believe something, even when we look back at the Concords, the, the scenes that we were doing in there, which a lot were improvised, but even the ones that weren't, we, we acted them in a way that is just seemed real. We weren't being silly. And and yet the the subject matter or the dialogue was was ridiculous, but you you for some reason you believed you believed that uh, these guys were you know having a band meeting in, inside this guy's office where, where clearly he should be doing other things. Did Murray really believe all the things that he said, or was he sugarcoat? Did he sugarcoat everything, or did he really believe all that? Uh, all the things he can, oh, he believes it all. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, he he spent time in in the New Zealand Army. Um, <laughs> you know, he he was lucky enough. He he uh, is, was separated from his wife Shelley, and he had you know he had sadness there. He he always wanted to be cool, and he's attached himself to these cool looking idiots because uh, <laughs> they had guitars and great you know great haircuts. And so, therefore, that was his. Uh, he was then cool, and drinking a beer was cool, you know. And so, um, I, I think, yeah, I, I get envious about 
how how simple his his mind is because um yeah it's it's he found he found a lot of happiness through those guys i think that's what's so great is that it, with a character like that it seems like if you can start from a real if you can start from a real place this mm. guy wants a real thing he wants to be cool he mm-hmm. wants to he just wants to be near it or he wants to be part of it then i feel like that's it's sort of like a paddle ball game where that tethers you to then be able to go as ridiculous as you want because ultimately the things that he wants are real. Yeah. So no matter how he goes about trying to get those things or the things that he says, you know that it all is grounded in that in that kind of basic need. Yeah. And I think the funny thing is, is that he could have all that without having to do any of that, you know? <laughs> but he puts so much emphasis on what needs to be done, you know, in terms of uh, the roll call and then the, the, the agenda and, you know, and charts and things like that. Yeah. And really, you could just throw all that away and just <laughs> be yourself. Well, that's the thing. It's, it, there's, there, there is an interesting lesson in there between doing and being is that – and I think it also ties back to comedy in the sense that I think when most people st- – or at least when I started out, but I feel like most people, you think of comedy as this thing that you have to, to do. It's this thing that you have to engineer – and then I think the more you do it, you're like, oh, no, you just sort of be. You just be mm. yourself. Yes. You can be funny without trying to do funny, per se. Yeah, and I think that comes with experience. And when, you, when we first start doing comedy, live comedy in front of people, we, we, we do what we think they're going to laugh at. And we, we're not even – we're not being ourselves. We're, we're sort of, you know, telling stories or making up things, telling jokes that we hope people will like. And over time, you know, when people keep telling you, hey, you're onto it, you're doing well, you know, people are lo- loving it. Oh, I'll keep going, keep going. Yeah, keep going, man, keep going. Uh, well, what, 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 I don't know what to say next. Well, go, go and do something, experience something. Get out there, you're on the lights yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, uh, hi, everyone. Uh, yay. <laughs> Get off. Oh, ah, come on, I thought I had it. <laughs> you need to, uh, yeah, you've got to be true to yourself. And, and it's funny because that takes time. And when I, when I first began, you know, that... Uh, I, I don't know who that was. It certainly wasn't me from another dimension. It was, it was me um, desperately, you know, trying to um, make people laugh. I guess. And I, when I first started doing comedy, I, I really, I, I had this thing where I didn't want them to stop laughing. So I would just, you know, constantly be on. And if there was some lulls or anything, I'd be, oh, I've lost them. I've lost them. <laughs> <laughs> They're not laughing. <laughs> Quick, oh, get me off now. <laughs> and let's uh, restart, me, folks. Uh, one minute thirty there. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he Hello, everyone. I'll just wrap it up with this. <laughs> <laughs> well, he got consistent laughs there at one minute thirty, uh, and uh, just as it was, uh, looks like there was going to be a, a hesitation. He's gone, and we're moving on to the next guy. I'm going to double down tonight. I'm going to do a tight three. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Light me at two, yeah, and then yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll wrap it up in a tight yeah. three. Trust me, after after two minutes, I, I do get boring. <laughs> um, but then, you know, and so then, you know, as the years progressed, I realized, hey, look, they're quite happy just sitting there, you know, listening to you. Just calm down, and uh, and then you've got to have things to say. And so then was find, finding those things to say. So then uh, doing things and living my life. And then, you know, when odd things happened, remembering it, writing it down, every comic has a notebook and exchanges between people, something, anything that makes you laugh, it goes in the notebook and then it finds its way onto stage. It might not be uh, that week or that year even, but, you know, we go through our notebooks um, years and, and 
uh, down the track. And uh, this new show I've just written has a, has a story in it that has been in my notebook for probably 10 years. And only now is the right time to to bring it out because I'm trying to find uh, an ending to it or trying to find bits in it that are going to, you know, work. And I've, I've attempted it a few times and it just hasn't, hasn't been right. But now's the time. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, like you know? sifting through old notebooks, sometimes your brain doesn't have the tool set. Yeah. Like you have an idea where you're like, I don't know what to. So it's, I found an old notebook from 1996. And of course now I think, Oh, I've been doing comedy for all these years and I'm, you know, I'm so much more evolved than I was back then. And fucking, I, I flipped open the page and the first thing I saw was a goddamn Doctor Who joke from like <laughs> 1996. Yeah. And it just like, oh, and part of me was sad. I'm like, I haven't really grown. I mean, I know I've grown as a performer, but, uh, but then I was also like, oh, okay, you know what? I'm still the, kind of the same guy. Like, there's, yeah. st- I see nuggets of things that now I'm more equipped to express than I was, than I was back then. Yeah, I think and that, that, that's, a good, that's a good rule. Just, you know, if there's comics out there, keep, keep your notebooks. And don't get uh, discouraged if, if a lot of that stuff in there is, isn't going to work. You know, you know it's not going to work. But you know there's something there. There's a seed. Yeah. And, uh, and, and over time... That plant will grow. <laughs> <laughs> With the rain and fertilizer of experience. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Jim Jeffries was here last night. He was saying that you did... Uh, mm-hmm. a, did you do one or two, a couple episodes I of Legit? two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he said, uh, he said it was a blast. It was, it was a great show. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. I, I sort of played... Um, well, let's wait and see what I play, but it's kind of... Uh, you won't be surprised. It's 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 me, but in the other dimension. <laughs> well, do they? So I, I would imagine probably on a, you know if a comic is running a show, but when you work on other things, are you good at sticking to what's written, or do you do you say like, well, can I just take a pass oh, yeah. at this myself? Oh, totally. I, 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 it's well, it's got to the point now where it's kind of expected. So I will I will do do what's written, and then uh, you know you always do three or four takes on things and I say I say hey I've got this idea can I do this and they say yes and then we'll do it and that'll uh, and then after that you do you want to do, do you want to do any more any more uh, yeah I've got I've actually got quite a few other options here <laughs> oh god all right well we've got a couple of minutes I suppose and so yeah and and um so I've been lucky to to you know particularly on 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 legit I I had lots of ideas when I was standing at the door when the door opened and um and they just let me go, and it was it was a lot of fun. So hopefully, uh, and then they can pick and choose. But um, I'll always, with respect, you know, do do the proper gear. Yeah. Do sure. you do you see do you see that the character evolve like changing at any point? You're like maybe he's going to go darker. Maybe it's maybe I'm going to abandon that and just do a mm. whole different guy, or maybe I'm going to different layers. Or no, I definitely keep it within the realm of what's what's written and what's expected of me. And uh, don't often don't often go go dark. Yeah, it's it's kind of not within me unless the, unless the character is dark. And when I think one day when I really do go dark, I'm, I'm Jesus, gonna it's gonna be very very scary. <laughs> so what is um what is is was Short Poppies a show that what happened before and then you brought it to Netflix or did you do it specifically for uh, Netflix? No, yeah, I made it in New Zealand uh, last year and. Uh, we we own it. 
my, my wife and I. And, nice. And yeah, so we thought, um, and it's for New Zealand television, um, but because we own it, I wanted the whole world to see it. So we brought it back here and I said, uh, hey, Netflix, check this out. And they went, oh, yeah, not bad, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they really wanted to put it on straight away. And I said, Paul, can you please wait? Because New, I, you know, New Zealand kind of want to see it first. And I know, you know, what back at the village, they'll be like, hey, why you put out there? Put that out there. We haven't even seen it first, Reese. That's my mother. You, you can see it now on <laughs> yeah. Netflix. No, yeah. it doesn't well, count. No, because they don't get Netflix. Oh, they don't? Yeah. Doesn't New Zealand Netflix? No. Nor does Australia. Son of a shit. Yeah. So that there was the problem, and so I so we've sort of waited. Netflix said, "Oh, when, well, you know, we'll wait a bit then, you know," and which was great because then I got to do more publicity for it and stuff, and um, and then New Zealand, who have uh, television, New Zealand, who are going to put it on on air, uh, and are later this year also have a on demand function with the, with the, with the with the smart TVs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, they turned around and said, "Look, hey, Reese." We'll just we'll just chuck it on our uh, on demand so that the the people here can watch it, um, which they've done. So I'm glad it's that New Zealand have have done that, and so it's really pretty much dropped at the same time all over the world. So what's the what's the pitch of the show ultimately? Uh, what is it? Okay, it's it's a mockumentary series. It's um, it's really uh, about a reporter who is sent into um, the heart of New Zealand to find um, the ordinary folk and to spend a day in the life with seven different people and find out, you know, what makes them tick. So uh, the title Short Poppies comes from uh, the term tall poppy syndrome, which is a syndrome we don't really have in America, but in other parts of the world, particularly back home, um, it's a thing where if you stick if you stick your neck out, you know, someone's going to cut it off. Oh, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. So uh, over here, of course, you know, if you if you stick your neck out, you know, people will go, wow, awesome, you're sticking your neck out. Great neck. Yeah, great neck, man. <laughs> and then they'll come behind you and, and lift you up so you're even higher. And then, you know, and then if you topple, then it's your own fault. Of course. Um, yeah, that's, that's what happens. Yeah. Oh, well, bad luck, man. Try again next year. And you can. And you can try again the next week. You know, you can redeem yourself here, uh, which is great. Um, but in our other countries, I guess, uh, Australia, even in the UK as well, um, is a little bit of, oh, who does he think he is? You know, calm down, mate. And particularly in New Zealand, very small village, rural situation, I, I like it to think of it as uh, this guy thinks he's going to be an all-black, which was our rugby team, and and, um, and you're not good enough. You know, you, you'll never wear, get to wear the black jersey. Um, but you, um, you you can be good enough, and you've got, you've got to prove yourself. And it's just it's that feeling of, look, Settle down because it's that laid back thing of New Zealand as well. Don't 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 get too excited. Don't um don't jump up and down. It's just all keep cool. All right, you've got to, You've got to finish milking the cows anyway. So don't you know? <laughs> I don't know what you're so excited about. Yeah, what are you so excited? Television and films for us to watch, not to be in. You don't. You know. You don't. Don't be in it. It's, it's for other people. It's why we watch them there from overseas. And you know, and of course, I went overseas and and started being in these things. And I got back and they went oh here he is so you're, you're in those things are you well we're not impressed yeah <laughs> you know well, that's, you know, it's really interesting to think about you know when you have a, t- a tighter knit community mm. that everyone's aware of each other and then someone tries to get more attention it's like well why do you need any more than any one of us but in yeah. a culture like you know america or los angeles where there are so many people yeah. you kind of 
have to do you that. Have, yeah. Otherwise, you, you otherwise you just you just get absorbed and disappear. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, I hadn't really thought about it in, in in those terms of you know like why a small community might be like well what else do you need you're getting we're all we all know who you are we all give yeah. you attention and that's not to say that you know most people were really happy and excited about you know the success we had with the Concords and everything but you know there's just it's just for me it was it was a fun uh, a fun name and also the, the idea is that I would play the ironic thing is that I would play all of those characters so um therefore showing off seven times again <laughs> and wearing <laughs> <laughs> oh Reese what have you done uh, but I, can't you see the no we can't you just you know <laughs> seven really <laughs> seven different people you know why can't you just be yourself? Oh, I don't even know who that is anymore. <laughs> what are you talking up? Get back inside. I mean, even Neil Finn only had Split Ends, Crowded House, and the Finn Brothers in a solo career. That's four. Yeah, yeah. You had to do seven yeah. things. Mm. Well, we're not watching it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I wanted to make sure you got to see it first. And the other thing about the show is that so it's a, it's a series of long form interviews. So this reporter, David Ferrier, he's a friend of mine. He's a real reporter, and he goes out into the field and he meets you know and he, the, the small New Zealand budget. He only goes to one small town, so the people that he finds are all just living in that same town. So they, yeah. the characters keep coming back into the background and sort of they end up sort of intertwining a bit. And uh, it, it gave great scope for me to improvise because of the of the interview situation. So we we actually see David. On, on, on screen, he asks his questions about, so what's happening here? What, how does your day start? And this kind of thing. And then I'll be the character and then I'll be able to just completely go off script. So it was one of the fun things I love doing. So I thought, well, if I'm going to create my own show, that has to be what happens. And I had to get a guy that was going to go opposite me that wasn't going to just crack up the whole time. Sure. And he's because he's a friend of mine, he's, he's almost bored with me. So uh, <laughs> he keeps a straight <laughs> face and, you know, it's kind of... It's fun. So did you pitch that to New Zealand Television, or did you fund it yourself and then give it to them? Yeah, no, we, we pitched it to New Zealand Television. and the it's New amazing Zealand, you got to own it. Yeah, the New Zealand funding body, New Zealand On Air, gave us the money to make it. Um, and then, you know, but it's, but it's ours. And so, therefore, the, 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 the intention always was for the rest of the world to see it. So we spent a, a, a lot of money on making it good enough, um, technically, visually, uh, that we could then... Uh, throw it out there, and people would go, "Oh, yeah, this is well, this is very modern, very very good looking." You know, it's not it's not, it's not in black and white or anything. Is it? Just a, a, a full color scenario here. So, in, a, in effect, is cameras is... and everything, <laughs> lights, you yeah. have electricity. Yeah. So, so in effect, it it is sort of a commercial for New Zealand mm-hmm. production. It is, and and as much as it is about uh, the New Zealand way of life and about our people and how um, uniquely funny they are, even though I'm playing all of them. Yeah. Uh, I think what, what, what we were surprised with the Concords when, it, when, it, when we made that, that the world really um, took to it. And we thought it was so novelty, so niche, that you know, over here people are like, oh, it's weird, I don't even really get what's going on with those guys. <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, who's, who, why, is, why is he managing them and what... what I can't even understand their accents. And we, we, had, we did have the odd email coming through saying, New Zealand, what is that? Is that a made-up place? You know, like, they, <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ. That was from some Americans that thought, they, we got asked, what drama school did you guys go to? I mean, great, <laughs> this fantasy idea of a place called New Zealand. Like, is that an acting school? Yeah, what is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, I, but, so once we realized that 
there was an interest in, in the uniqueness of our of our sort of uh, laconic, um, you know, dry uh, and absurd humour. Uh, then I thought, well, let's let's take an extra step and 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 set the next one actually back in New Zealand, so people can then really see where we came from, yeah, and and see and a, a lot more, not only just characters, but more interaction between myself and all the other actors. So there's quite a few actors in this, and the, and they're um, they're comedian actors, and and they're all Kiwis, and there's a few big names, Sam Neill, mm-hmm. and oh yeah, yeah, of course, him, and uh, Stephen Merchant. And uh, Carl Urban. Oh wow! Yeah. So, and you'll be surprised with him when you see what he did. Carl Urban is fucking great, and I know that he. And the interesting thing is, he's been in a ton of huge movies, but I don't know if you said to the average American like Carl Urban, Mm. I think they'd be like, "What? Oh, the guy who was in this? this, Oh, that guy? guy. Oh, I mean, maybe you know, maybe um, Star Trek kind of blew him up a little bit." Yeah. More, but he's really a phenomenal actor. Yeah, he's awesome. And then, of course, when he does Dread, he never takes the mask off. He never off. takes the mask off, yeah. It's but like... it's great for him because I think he's, I don't know whether he's designed that that way so that he can still just get around and not have anyone <laughs> poking him for photos. But uh, I think short poppies will change that. You're going to change that for Carl. You're going to be <laughs> yeah. the thing that tips. Yeah. yeah. Um, is. Uh, it... is, the, is the idea that, because I assume that Lord of the Rings has essentially. Uh, flip flop the tourism industry mm-hmm. in New Zealand. I'm sure a lot of people went to New Zealand before, but now it's like, let's go see the Shire. Yeah. Is that is that is that a good thing, or is that sort of like are are, are the Kiwis kind of like, yeah, 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 we get it, we know that yeah. it's here. Get out! <laughs> Thank you. Get out! You've seen it. Leave those keys here. They're not yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how we feel. Uh, you're dropping some litter. Thank you. We have trash cans. We call them rubbish bins. <laughs> Wait, I. I love this character all of a sudden. Just a series of shorts of the of like the head of the tourism board. Just like watch it. You never see what he's looking at, but he's just calling yeah. out all these different yeah. tourists of like, please don't uh, on the monitors. Yeah, and he's got a little microphone. <laughs> I can see you, camera five on the beach. Thank you. We wear trunks here. <laughs> yes, you you can kick over the homes in the Shire. Yeah, yeah. They're very small. Who's is that ball? Is that one of ours? Give it back to Brian, please. I can't understand what he's talking about. He's... <laughs> that just yeah. I think I think you could do an entire just like eleven minute series of short or five or two eleven minute series of shorts of just that guy. Yeah, yeah. Just to, I, as running of, New Zealand from his <laughs> from his office with the cameras. As a matter of fact, I would think that the New Zealand tour, the New Zealand touring board tourism board would probably that totally feels like a character that you could see in commercials. Like, yeah, hey, I you reckon. know, sort of. This is your respect the land, yeah, yeah, but the yeah. guy who's just a little into welcome to New Zealand, you know, do whatever you like, and then then it, then it cuts to him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, that's not a man-made track. That's for the sheep. Oh, <laughs> get no, come back. Oh, yes, I'm here in the bush. Look at the camera. Here, I can see you. Put your top back on, for heaven's sake. All right. Okay, now put it back on. I now put it. There In we go. Three, two. Okay, now that would be amazing. All right, listen. If you want to shoot that, we'll shoot that for yeah, you. Uh, and I'm thrilled that you're on at midnight tonight. Oh, I can't wait. I mean, you're welcome to come on whenever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, my favorite thing about the show is just watching how everyone attacks yeah. everything and how they interact with one another. And 
and uh, and you have such a your voice on the show is so different than anyone else's that it's it's really really it adds a really fun element to yeah, the show. Yeah, cool. I can't wait. And 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 the people we're on with tonight, um, I'm, I'm fans of. So I look forward to it. Yeah, you're on with um, Amber Tamblin and uh, Kurt Brown. Is Kurt Brown yeah. yeah, yeah, Kurt Brownler too. Yeah. yeah, it'll be a good panel. So Short Poppies is on Netflix now. Yes. Great. Yeah, it depends when this goes out. Uh, this uh, when is it going up, Katie? The twenty fifth. Oh yeah, what's well, out yeah. tomorrow? So it's out now. It's is this going up tomorrow, Katie, or like in a couple of weeks? It's going up in a couple of weeks. Okay, so it's definitely out. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah definitely yeah. out. Um, but this has been a really, really wonderful chat, and I'm so glad that uh, I'm so glad I, I ran into you in an airport like the day after you did That's at right. midnight, and I was I, I felt I was I was in kind of a haze because I was like oh I'm tired and I got to travel. And I didn't know what to say, and I felt dumb because I'm like, "Oh, hey, Reese, how's it going?" And you never think beyond the "Hey, how's it going?" Yeah, 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 now, what are we going to yeah, talk yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I felt like I was, I felt like I sort of dropped the ball. Where I was like, "Hey, I got nothing now." Nice, nice shoes. <laughs> yes, thank you. Those, uh, <laughs> get those on the internet? No, they're fully purchased. You want to see the receipts? I will. Yeah, I I've would. got to catch a plane, mate. <laughs> <laughs> So are you? Uh, are you, are you just, is it Reese, Reese Darby on Twitter? Just the... yeah, at Reese Darby. Reese Darby, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. At Reese Darby I. on in Twitter. The middle there, someone took my name. Son of who takes your name? I don't know. There's no other Reese Darbys in the world. Ridiculous. Yeah. Son of Twitter should be able to get that back for you. But yeah, I don't want to start again. I've got over 140 followers. <laughs> Starting again. <laughs> All right, here we go. One. <laughs> yeah, start again. Two. Ah, first tweet back. Oh, nice day. <laughs> that's also God. That's also the, that that character is the guy that could just go out to uh, to like uh, Hollywood and Highland and just try to recruit Twitter followers. Yeah. Would you like to sign up now? Yeah, sign up here. There we go. And that's the Twitter feed. You'll have to follow me on that. And <laughs> I'm doing one at two o'clock. I'm just going to see what's going to happen around that time. Heading into a shop shortly, so hopefully there'll be some sort of interaction there. All right, thanks a lot. I need that pen back. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Damn it. Well, that's it for today. <laughs> One that's, follower. That's that guy from New Zealand who comes to America to try to conquer America. <laughs> I see you. You have no jersey. You have no authority here, but he's yeah. still... <laughs> yeah. uh, well, it's good to see you, man. I'll, I'll see you in just a couple hours for at midnight. Cool, man. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. You should tell people to enjoy their burrito. You have a better voice than I do. Enjoy your burritos. Z! <laughs> it's always slightly elevated and, and, and yelling. I think. Yeah. Everything's always yeah. like... Uh, enjoy your burritos. I don't... <laughs> Is it? Maybe. Okay, up to you. Let's Google burritos. <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top, in his Cuisinart, or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, 
take risks and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.